0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week, we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a wonderful day to you. My name's Brad Zockel, and you're listening to Questions About Heaven. And you have known that through this past year, as we talk about the end times in heaven and the, uh, the culmination of all the events of Revelation, we have been going through Revelation verse by verse, starting with Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1, moving our way all the way up to where we are now in Revelation chapter 17. What have we seen in the first chapter? We have seen Jesus Presented as who he really is. And that's what the term revelation means. Apocalypsis is the Greek word. It means the unveiling. So it's not what is revelation about. It's who it's about. We see that John writes it on the Isle of Patmos. He will finish this up about 92 AD. He's in a prison colony. He receives the vision of the future. The release of the believer from the curse of sin. Romans chapter 8 verses 19 through 22, tell us about this, this curse that is taking mankind over, and there is a desire to be released from this, and we are going to see this in all throughout God's wrath upon the earth. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 are directed toward the churches, and they could even be related to churches today, the believers today. What are we doing? Two of the churches there are commended, the rest are chastised, we talked about that, and then chapter four through the end of the entire book of Revelation, we see the hereafter. The meta talta is the phrase for it. It means after this. It means the future. So we're talking about that. Now we are talking about God's judgments, which in the sealed judgments they came as we take a, we took a look in Revelation chapter six as Jesus took over Revelation chapter five of the universe and was taking back the deed which gave him the right to the entire universe. What a victorious chapter, Revelation chapter 5. Then in chapter 6 started off judgments against the world, the rebellious and even the satanic realm and, and the people that would follow and of course the angelic realm as well. And so we saw a series of judgments. First came the sealed judgments, then the trumpet judgments, and then the bold judgments. Now when we saw those I would advise you to go back and take a look and, well, take a listen, I guess you would say, to our podcast and get the details about that. And so now today we're going into the Babylon, which we see is a city, a city in rebellion. And there's going to be a judgment. Revelation 17 is the fall of an empire. We're going to talk about that. Before we do, I want to thank you so much for being part of our ministry, in your support, in your prayers, in your encouragement. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, go to theheaventour.com. Our website is theheaventour.com, and you can take a look at both of the ministry, the purpose of the ministry, our vision statement, the travel map of where I'll be going in 2024. I'm adding the different places as I look at the calendar and talk with churches and camps and conferences right now. Then we move on into uh, looking at how you can partner with us, how you can get our newsletter. And that's under the partnering part of the website. So if you'll go over to theheaventour.com and see a little bit more about our ministry. Now don't forget, I'm working on our third book in the series of the seven book series on Heaven is Home. And right now, two of those books are available for you on Amazon. Uh, What is Heaven All About?, And heaven, the adventure begins. All right, now let's go to Revelation chapter 17. And as we're going there, I would like to read this very, very important passage. And when we see this, we are seeing one system being equated to a prostitute, a harlot. It's a very vicious wording. We looked at this in the first two uh, verses as we looked in Revelation chapter 17 in our previous podcast. Now we're going into chapter 17, verse 3. I'm going to read a handful of verses, and we'll take them one by one as time allows. So this angel comes along, and uh, when we saw this, one of the seven angels, they had had the bowl, verse 1. And it says in verse 3, And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, And this beast was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, quote, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. This takes us up through verse 5, what is in the world is this about? We take a look at something very, very stunning here, to say the least, and when we look at this, we're seeing a description of something here. We keep seeing the name Babylon coming up. So Babylon has some great significance when we take a look at it, because it comes up numerous, numerous times throughout the scripture, representing kingdoms of rebellion. Uh, I believe that the reference to uh, Babylon Is well over two hundred times all the way through the scriptures, and it's representing evil uh, world system uh, things along that line. And so, when we take a look here at the presentation in verse six, uh, verse three uh, through verse six, and John was being carried away and receives a specific name that, in his view, of this one who's doing this. So, John is taken out into this vast plain of nothingness. It's almost like he's taken out to a giant sheet of paper that is clean, so he would hear a lesson without any distractions. Being carried away by the Spirit into the wilderness, very, very open, very quiet, and attention is drawn to the scene. We see a prostitute on here. We saw this beast earlier in Revelation chapter 13, And we saw it associated, coming out of the waters, the Antichrist, known as also as the beast. And you saw it. And the reason we know that is, it also had seven heads and ten horns. Now, one thing that I want you to know is, when I was younger, I used to think, well, she's riding it like, sort of like a cowboy would have control of a horse with all that power. But this is not saying that, uh, when you take a look at this context, it's not saying the woman on the beast had control of it. Rather, she was riding it and being supported by this beast. So that's a very, very serious thing because what we see here then is that this one here is taking the political power of the satanic realm and riding it into a religious power uh, on here. She is clothed with all kinds of niceties, some sort of, of... Jewelry, costume jewelry, gold, precious stones, purple, uh, all of this. Now, when we see this, and she's seeing all of this, we also see scarlet is mentioned. Well, the beast is also scarlet. So it gives you an association with this beast. And the beast, as we said, is a political realm, a governmental power here. So it's saying that both the religious and the political are together. Both the religious and the government are taking control of the people here, uh, on on here. She is in this, not just there to be seen, she is there to act. When we see that it has said clearly that there are abominations involved with, with this. When we take a look, we see the woman sitting on the Scarlet Beast. There's blasphemous names, and she has abominations, a golden cup of them and all sorts of grotesque sexual immorality and such. Now, you would say, well, you know, it says purple here. I thought that was supposed to be royalty and magnificence. But there's always a perversion of it, and this has actually happened here. When you see this, well, I mean, wouldn't this mean that there was uh, great power? Well, it also means great wealth. So you're talking about a world system of religion being supported by the governments of the world. There is an interweaving here. And we know that the intent is going to be very, very uh, terrorizing, horrifying, because it says on here, and on her forehead was written the name of the mystery. Now remember, when we took a look at the scriptures, we would take a look at the seal on the forehead of the missionaries of Revelation 7 and 14, chapter 14. They are sealed by God on their forehead. It's evident. But we also see those, Revelation chapter 13, who would be identified with the underworld, the satanic realm. They also have a forehead. So this is the first thing that you would see. This is first and foremost. You might remember that fellow, I think, up in the Midwestern city, who rented out his forehead to a dot-com company as a tattoo. They paid him, I think, $35,000 to have their dot-com company tattooed on his forehead. And he did, because it's everybody that would see him would see that advertisement here. So the forehead is first and foremost, when you look to somebody's face, first of all, and then you're seeing it. All right, so on her forehead, a name was written. Mysterious name, it says. And this is Babylon the Great. And this one here is not only prostituting, the mother of prostitutes, the mother of earth's abomination. So when we see this, we're taking a look that this one may be gussied up In things that would denote royalty, but it's anything but that. It's of the most base reality of this as well. And when you see this, we're also reminded of the woman that is clothed and under attack. Revelation chapter 12, being under attack, and this one was of God's people. We saw the woman uh, there is much different. 12 and 17 have total polar opposites here. This one is, have, has a, a, a name, the name of mystery, Babylon the Great. Now, what it's saying is, it's talking about, when you say mystery, you'll find out a lot of seances, palm readings, that those that would go to those say, well, it was very spiritual in, in a mystery. Oh, who can, who can decipher it because there's so much mystery beyond what we can say? Well, that's what it's saying here. When we see this, what is making this so, uh, being so terrible and yet so appealing? What's well, the mystery that takes you to the abominations? It's the mystery that takes you to all of this spiritual, uh, might you say, adultery in here. And we're seeing then that it's like, yes, but this is, who can know? And I'll hear that a lot. People will come on to our uh, Heaven channel and I just had this today. Someone misquoted, widely misquoted, and they were a Christian. And they said, well, this means, they were, they were giving a quote of, of a passage uh, talking about serving the Lord. And they said, after all, but then the Lord's not really happy with this person, the, the commenter said. Because the Lord says, well, now depart from me. So I guess what it means is, wherever this is found in the Bible, the person said, that you can have service, but it might be strongly judged. Well, they were wildly out of context because they didn't read it. And I said, no, my friend, you are using the passage of Matthew chapter 7, and you are using that to be equated to the Christians, which is not at all. It's a completely opposite. It's those that would try to earn their salvation away from the Lord and have no relation. They they are in a churchiosity uh, a thing. I said, so there's nothing there. Well, see, what this person's like, well, if I have a handle of something spiritual, And it's all mystery, and so I can just swaddle away and say nobody really knows. But you can't do that. The Bible does make things clear here that we can find by cross-referencing and contextual uh, truths here. And so within this, we see what we see, but along with those people that would say, oh, things are so mysterious, we leave it at that. No, we have the sure word of God. We study the scriptures daily, as Acts 17, uh, 11 says, to see if these things were so. And that's what's going on. That is not happening here. This mystery overrides it. Why look at scriptures? Why look at absolute truth when I can give you a mystery? That's big That's big there. And I want to say this. Do you go to a service just because you like the feeling of a service? You go just because it kind of gives you an otherworldly uh, lift for a while? Are you really going to get the rock-solid scripture? I was in another state, and I had uh, opened up in my talk about heaven, and I started with Revelation and I said, and I'm telling you, with no embellishment at all, except for the ones that came to visit from outside the church, I said, let's all turn to Revelation 21. And not a person moved. It was a small church. Not one person went to their scripture. It's kind of like, well, no, you just, no. and I said it again. I said it three times. Go ahead and get the Bible out of the front, uh, the, the, the chair in front of you. Uh, let's all go to Revelation 20. No one moved. And so I talked with the pastor later on. I said, it would be, he's a new pastor. I said, it would be very, very smart that you start learning. uh, I'm sorry, start teaching these people to learn how to go into the scriptures and also follow along when these things are being taught. It's a dangerous thing. They just like the idea of, well, here's this man up here talking about heaven. But there's a slippery slope. What if I misquoted something, even by mistake? What if somebody comes in and is giving them a, A whole different line, you know, they said Matthew chapter 30, and nobody makes a move on that, not realizing there's only 28 chapters in Matthew. And so you can see a a very dangerous thing here whenever we go and make assumptions throughout the scripture by uh, just saying, well, these things are mysterious, and who knows, you know, why we should go any further and look at the scripture. We're looking at Revelation chapter 17, and let's go on down and take a look at the next part here. She is wearing this this design on her forehead, which is telling you that I can move into mysteries that the human realm can't desire, and so people would follow it. Well, it's otherworldly, and they're drawn by this, and so it's kind of like uh, it was something very sad I saw one time on somebody who purported to be a Christian, they were Christian artists. And in the late 1970s, they had uh, put out a number of banners and uh, sayings within their uh, philosophy in their artwork, and it actually said, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And I was brokenhearted because I had followed that artist for a long time, and I was quite thrown. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere, and I want you to understand something. When I go back to the University of Tennessee, on their campus, they have a very big basketball uh, uh, venue. And the well above the 27, 28,000 people that can cram into there, there are rafters up there. So if I were to climb up during a game and sincerely, sincerely believe that as I stepped off the top beam that I did not believe in the law of gravity, I don't think it would make any difference. I would fall very far and make a very loud noise as I hit the ground because it does not indeed, even in the secular world, This is not true. It does matter that the truth is the source of your faith on this, not just the experience. And this is one of the things that's being purported here, the mystery. But then the aim, the vision statement, the the goal, the mission of this particular religious city system that we see, because we're going to see very clearly Babylon is a city. So this could be the heartthrob of this spiritual walk here that this woman is drunk with the blood of the saints, persecuting the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And just as one would be imbibing and, uh, and being wooed by alcohol, this one is absolutely being wooed by the desire to kill more and to take over the, uh, the saints. This was absolutely shocking. John says, I am absolutely, when I'm taking a look at this, I marveled with a a, a marveling that I can't even describe. He was absolutely taken aback because what he saw here was a false church growing in in, in, in its power and its influence and such. And through the ages, we know how many people through the ages, Christians that were persecuted and killed in the sake of one wanting to have power. It's absolutely stunning. I would recommend, if you want to get a sobering look at the persecution of believers through the ages, then you'd want to read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's a very eye-opening book that through the ages of believers who were senselessly slaughtered for their faith. Now during this time, then John is totally thrown, but the angel says, "Why are you so why are you marveling? I'll tell you this mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her and the beast that has seven heads and 10 horns on this." And so, I would love to be able to tell you more about it, but I see I'm out of time. We have just gone up to verse 7, so I'm going to conclude this one right now as we move into this world system the scarlet beast and the significance of that i want to thank you as we move through some difficult passages and you've been so so faithful in following this and learning more about revelation this is revelation 17 talking about as we see in many countries even in here in the united states many ones where there are assemblies there are religious movements cultic endeavors that want to take people away and steal not only their minds and their money, but also their hearts. And so, this is a good example when it becomes immensely and universally internationally successful. We'll talk some more about this. This is Brad Zockel. Thank you so much for your care. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, theheaventour.com. Take care. Listen, and if you want to give to our ministry as I continue to go and travel and to reach out to people, to both comfort and to convict uh, through what we're teaching here and helping out different pastoral groups as well as individuals, then let uh, just let us know if you want to give your tax-deductible gift. We'll be recognized with a receipt, and you will receive our sincere thanks for your giving and your care. Thank you, God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end-of-year gift. You can send your gift to The Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.